0: This week's episode of the Thundercast. I'm your host, Christian Esparza. Joining me today is Parker Haney. Pretty big week of SU Sports last week. And this week, we're pretty much in the swing of things, got everything rolling. So that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna go ahead and get started. We got soccer up first. The soccer team is one and seven now. They lost last week to Dixie State. The score was two to one. That was a home game last Thursday and it was a heartbreaker it was senior day and the uh, the final goal from dixie came with literal minutes left in the in the play time so it w- it was rough yeah and one minute yeah one minute left and uh then sunday after i mean they played colorado college they lost 1 to 0 in overtime so both losses last week by one point parker you went to that dixie state game what
1: did you what did you see there I don't want to be too critical because like we were talking a little bit last week, we are just a really young team. So I don't want to be too critical yet, but we just can't score goals, right? We have four total goals on the season and we've played eight games. Yeah. Um, and we've never scored more than one goal. I don't think. Yeah. Our one win, we, we won one zero. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the thing is, is that our defense is good, right? At Dixie State game, we stopped a ton of shots. And then the Colorado College game, I'm also, I didn't see that one, assuming we stopped a ton of shots, went to overtime, tied at 0-0, right? Exactly. So it's 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 frustrating because the game that I saw when Dixie came here, um, it just felt like the second half was a lot better, but in the first half, for one, we only took f- three shots Yeah, in the first half of that Dixie State game. And, and how I described it to the people I was sitting by watching the game with is I was like, it just feels like we have eight people defending and then, like, I know this doesn't add up, but one person going forward, right? It's like mm-hmm. any time we had any sort of attack – um, there was just no help there. There was nobody helping. um, we spent the possession was fifty four forty six in the first half for Dixie um and we spent almost all of the time just being in our own half with our on our heels, right? Our heels backed up on our own half and eventually, when they're ripping so many shots, one of them's gonna go in, right? The goal that Dixie got their first goal our keeper actually made a really nice save. And then the rebound was just sitting there for Dixie to come and finish because we just, they had so many shots that eventually something like that is going to fall into their lap. Um,
0: yeah, um, I'm glad you bring up the goalkeeper. I was actually going to give her a shout out. Uh, Megan short. She's had a super impressive season so far. Yeah, absolutely. Three saves against Dixie, but then in their game against Colorado college, 12 saves on the night. That is, that's insane. Um, that's huge. Yeah. One goal allowed, twelve saves. That's crazy. But uh yeah, like you said, they're just they're having trouble putting points up on the board. And uh that kinda brings me to a little quote that I have from uh coach Kai Edwards <coughs> after the loss to Colorado College. He said, We start conference play on Friday and everybody starts from zero. Like, yes, the one and seven record is whatever, but like I I love that's the way he put it. Um Everybody starts from zero. Obviously, yeah. conference play is starting soon, like he said, and he's pumped. And, you know, I like the approach that he's taking. Don't worry about how we've started the season. Let's just reset. Uh, he also mentioned he's going to have a lot of players coming back. So we'll see. That first game against Colorado is against Colorado State this Friday. Uh, they're 2-6-2 and two on the year. And... You know maybe I'm just being a homer, but it's a home game i I gotta feel like s e u can pull this one off
1: yeah no i I mean I agree with you this one is this one is gonna be pretty telling I know it's kind of lame to just talk about matchups and not actually get into the sport but this this is gonna be telling for the team as a whole because I love what coach Edwards is saying right I love coach Edwards but how much of it is actually going to change as soon as conference starts. That's great that we're starting 0 right? Everybody's at zeros as soon as conference comes into play. But what are we going to do that is going to allow us to score more goals? Yeah. Like our goals, yeah, our goals are restarting at 0, but we were only at four through eight games. It's like we just need to be on the attack more. We have a lot of really fast girls and a lot of really talented girls. Kate Shermer has been amazing for – uh, for the t-birds this year and i feel like she doesn't ever even have any opportunity to score because anytime we have any sort of push it's just her yeah. she can't go one on four um just so to this more help around it yeah too. this game is going to be big because i think that we need to come out and we need to get a win you said northern colorado is two and six and two yeah yeah, so Northern Colorado doesn't really have it all together either. Right. So we need to come out and we need to win, especially at home on Homecoming week. Mm. I think that that may set the tone for like you know, yeah, we're back. Let's do this, right? We're going we're going to win some games this year. We're going to win some conference games like let's get after it. But that would be great though, right? Like Yeah, totally. That would be
0: such like a a jump start to your season. Like it's been so rough obviously so far, but like you said, homecoming week uh, at yeah. home, first conference game of the year, that'd be such a great way for Coach Edwards and this team to get their confidence back. So, that'll be a really exciting game to go watch. I think that's uh, this Friday. I believe it's at four o five. Let's move on to volleyball. Uh, volleyball, they are four and eight on the year now. Last week they lost to Utah State, one to three. That was last Wednesday and. There's not much to say about that match besides it wasn't particularly close. Um, SU had 26 errors on the night compared to nine from Utah State. So 26 errors, that's literally a whole set of points. Right. Um, Utah State just looked completely better all around. But then Dixie, uh, they came to town on Friday. And let me tell you, Parker, this was the best volleyball uh, that I have ever seen since I've been here at oh, SCU. Oh, very nice. They ended up winning at, they won three to two, and the last set was just, it was insane. Maybe not the best, like, quality of volleyball play, but as far as, like, emotions and mm-hmm. intents and stuff like that, like, it, w- it was so crazy. So it got pushed to the to the fifth set. SCU won the first two sets, and Dixie won the next two. Fifth set, it's just neck and neck the whole time. Uh, we go up 15 to 14, they go up sixteen to fifteen, and we're, we're just matching like that the whole time. Finally, um, Dixie was leading nineteen to eighteen. S U calls a timeout. We come out of the timeout, put up three points in a row for the win, and just the whole the whole stadium went crazy. I mean, it's volleyball, yeah. so there wasn't a ton of people there, but there was just so much emotion and stuff, and everybody was losing their minds. It was it was so fun. Then we go to down to St. George the next day to, for a rematch, and uh, we lost three to one. <laughs> so it was like we had that one night where it was super cool, but then back down at Dixie, same thing though 33 errors on that night. So that's that's kind of a, a trend that's starting for these Thunderbirds, and it's, it's not a good one. It's something yeah, they got to clean up.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean, you just. You just can't have that many errors. It's like you were saying. That's literally a full set of. <laughs> that's literally one win for, um, for the opposing team. But, yeah, man, that that makes me excited that that you had a really great time. That the crowd was getting into it. Um, that that, you know, people were getting excited for. Uh, for all of these, like, I don't want to say. But, all right, right, like the non-main sports, right? People yeah. go to football, people go to basketball. Relatively, like, even still, there's not as Gymnastics. many as, as some bigger schools, right? Gymnastics. But it's, no, it's totally cool to see to see people get excited. I think we got a really great freshman class, and I'm, I'm excited to see people come out and, you know, get excited about volleyball and soccer. And I think that this soccer game, home game on Friday, is going to be a really good one for us. Um but yeah, that that again I haven't been to a volleyball game yet. I'm going this week. I was out of town this last this last weekend, but it sounds a lot like we're kinda of beating ourselves, right? It sounds yeah. like we have the talent, we have the team and the arsenal to, you know, put together some wins. We're just killing ourselves committing all of these errors. So And you know. it
0: was it was tough because it was literally just like like we'd get a good you know set up a good play i excuse my lack of volleyball knowledge sure. they'd, they'd set up a good a good play and our uh our hitter would just hit it out of bounds like yeah just too hard it's poor execution yeah and it's like uh, it just sucks because they're like dang it yeah but uh like you said they play again this thursday uh at home against eastern washington and then they play at saturday again at home against university of idaho so same thing, conference play is starting for volleyball, and I think that's gonna be really fun to watch as the season goes on. Um I don't know, it depends on what team we're gonna be getting night to night. You know, mm-hmm. the team that was even with Dixie and was able to pull off a win with a home court advantage, or the team that, you know, like I said, scores thirty three points for the other team.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'd say I'd say that's that may have something to do with their age as well, right? Yeah. We're pretty young and, and kind of having up and down games like that, I feel like is a is a young team sort That's, of thing where they're still trying to figure it out. They're still trying to figure out each other, right, as yeah. teammates and, and the setter, like where the hitters want the ball, you know, and, and who are our big blockers and who's going to go up for them and just a lot of different things that can contribute to, you know, being – being a college elite volleyball team so i'm hopeful that we'll figure it out because i have a lot of faith in the new coach and i just think that that we're going to be all right but yeah again it's going to be very telling coming into this week we have two home games to start conference what are we going to do
0: yeah and uh you mentioned the new coach that's huge it's like you know you have these ugly losses last week and it's like how do you turn your team around but I mean, yeah, uh, like you said, I just think it's going to be great. It's going to be fun to watch. Yep. On to football. Did you watch the game against Tarleton State?
1: Um, I watched a lot of it, but not, you know, I wasn't fully locked in. I kind of had it on my phone as we were hanging out with family and whatnot, but I saw a good amount of it.
0: That was, it was so refreshing to see them Actually play an FCS school. Yeah, um, totally and same thing. That's another thing. We talked about uh, on Last week's episode. It was like, you know, they had these first two games against these big FBS schools And of course, they're not gonna look very good So it's like how are they gonna look when they play a school on an even Competition field and they do and they just they go out and they look great They establish themselves on the ground early, which is something we didn't even see last year in the spring or the year before we haven't had we haven't had a solid ground game in a couple years and not only that uh getting going on the ground really opens up the air game uh, Brandon shanks had three reception touchdowns over 100 yards uh Miller had a great game it was just fun all around the biggest thing though was uh, Tarleton kind of shredded us through the air our our defensive backs did not look the best out there that's where Tarleton State didn't I'd say about 90% of their damage was through the air. And it was just rough. I mean, we talked about again last week, they just have a relatively inexperienced group of defensive backs, uh, corners, and safeties. But um, LJ Davis, who's arguably their best corner, he had a couple rough drives back to back. Um, He was getting picked on a lot. Tarleton's quarterback was going after him, Um, he got flagged for a pass interference. Uh, He gave up a big catch later in the game. He did have an interception, but then the play was called back. Um, I believe it was defensive holding or something like that. Some penalty negated the interception. So it was a rough night for LJ Davis and the Thunderbirds secondary. But really overall, I mean, they got the win 40 to 35. So what more can you ask for?
1: Yeah, I I don't want to start out on just a negative note because I have a lot of positives to say about SEU, but the thing that scares me is still just how many yards we gave up, right? Yeah. And how easily they seem to move the ball. And, right, the fact that we took a five-point lead with a minute 20 left, and my first thought was, oh, no, are we going to let them score a touchdown again, <laughs> right? Now, that's yeah. obviously a little bit of PTSD from the spring, but it's it's just a little bit concerning that they were kind of scoring at will, um, that they were kind of, you know, doing doing whatever they wanted through the air. Um, and I, it's actually funny, right, because for us, we broke it down as, like, you know, I don't <laughs> – Last week, we broke it down as, I don't know how good their quarterback's going to be through the air, but their two backs are, might, might torture us, right? Well, both of their backs combined for 24 carries and combined for, you know, less than 150 yards. Um, so, I guess that's good to see that, that that didn't happen. You know, maybe I don't know what Tarleton's game plan was coming in, but maybe they come in and try and run the ball and then... We get a couple good stops and, and they're not really moving us around. And so then they go to the air and had a little bit more success. Duncan, or I mean, Steven Duncan went 18 of 26, 256, four touchdowns and an interception. Um, we did get to him twice though, right? We had two sacks on the night. Yeah. Um, and that is, and gave up zero sacks, right? So I love that we won the, the battle in the trenches. Um, and I just think that there's a lot of positive to build off of finally getting a win right i got a couple buddies on the team and i reached out to him and i was like hey all right everything aside how did that feel to finally close one out right and all of them had the same response like it felt so good to finally get this win right like it's been it's been there it's been brewing it felt so good to finally close one out and now we're coming back home playing eastern washington we got a homecoming game like it's going to be huge, and I'm excited that we have a little bit of momentum coming into it.
0: Yeah, I think part of the reason maybe they didn't utilize their backs as much is it was kind of a shootout game. Right. Um, I mean, everybody scored. I think in the first half, I don't know if either defense ever got a stop.
1: Right. Um, it was just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown.
0: Yeah, it was insane. It was super fun to watch. Um, You mentioned the trenches, and that's awesome because I was going to talk about how <laughs> Braxton Jones – Looked like a literal i'll say like a a high school senior playing with a bunch of sixth graders Yeah, like he just manhandled whoever he was going against all game And I think that's something we're going to see a lot of this season. Obviously um They mentioned on the broadcast they they called him a a top 10 offensive tackle prospect in the nation Not even just fcs just in the nation like that's that's a really really good compliment for braxton jones um left tackle for the Thunderbirds, that big number 77. He's just – it's like you don't have to worry about the left side of the offensive line right. just because of him. And I think that's going to be huge in both the run and the pass game, obviously. Um, but, yeah, he's hes super fun to watch. There were so many times where, like, I wasn't even focusing on the play. I was literally just watching. Sometimes it looked like Braxton was in half speed. Like, he didn't even have to try. He was just that dominant. It was It was fun.
1: Yeah, it's – Such a blessing to know that that one of your offensive linemen is just like, right, for Justin Miller as a quarterback. Yeah. That he knows that his blind side is good, right? Like he can sit there in the pocket, and now his his self-timer gets a little bit longer, right? He's sitting there. He doesn't feel like he has to get rid of it in two seconds. Like he feels like he can kind of hold on to the ball. He can see everything in front of him because behind him, he knows that he's going to be all right because he has Braxton Jones back there. Um, And then, yeah, like you said, in in, uh, the run game, had 31 attempts against Tarleton, um, five yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns, um, 167 rushing yards. 155, I guess, total because of the yards loss, so 155 total rush yards for the T-Birds. But, yeah, something that we haven't really been able to do. And because we did it, Justin Miller could throw for – Four touchdowns or three touchdowns, however many he had, um, because we got the ball rolling on the ground. So, yeah, uh, uh, coming into Eastern Washington, it's gonna be, it's it's really gonna be telling. Eastern Washington uh, had a win against those FBS schools that we keep talking about, right? We keep saying like, we keep saying like finally we're back to playing FCS schools. You know, we had Arizona State and, and San Jose State and got walloped by them, but it was money-grab games, right? Yeah. That's why we played them. Well, Eastern Washington also played one of those money-grab games and won. You know, so if we're coming in here thinking that just because we're back to FCS schools, like, we're going to be able to get some easy wins, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. And Eastern Washington looked unreal. Their quarterback yeah. threw for nearly 600 yards in one half. Like, it's – that's just
0: insane. So, for context, uh, Eastern Washington, their first game was at UNLV. Pretty cool. They actually played in the Las Vegas Raiders yep. Allegiant Stadium. Um, that would have been super fun to go to, actually. But uh, they beat UNLV, that FBS school, 35-33 to 33 in double overtime. So, that's huge. Uh, anytime a team's able to pull off a win in overtime or double overtime, like – that kind of scares you, right? Yeah. Like you well,
1: and like, listen, it's. We obviously love the T Birds and we obviously hate Eastern Washington because we're rivals and we're in the same conference. But bigger than that, anytime an FCS school can beat an FBS school, yes. all FCS schools celebrate. It's like, like, it's it's like a, a win. Yeah, it's a win for the underdogs. Like, you know, so anytime that happens, we still celebrate. So even though they're quote-unquote an enemy because they're in our conference we're we're still celebrating with them so it's still cool but now we're back to game time so double overtime 35 to 33 win in week one week two
0: they had a 63 to 14 blowout over central washington university and then uh the week after 62 to 56 win at western illinois university so that last one is a bit of a weird one to me like Giving up 56 points yeah. to Western Illinois, like, that that kind of gets me, like,
1: licking my chops a little bit. Totally. Like, what, what
0: can Brandon and uh, Justin Miller do this week? Can, I yeah,
1: can we get them into a shootout and then try and win like we did last week? Right. right? Like, I know our defense obviously hasn't looked up to par, but... Can our offense come out and hang with Eastern Washington? And if I'm being honest, I think we can. We have a lot of really great receivers. We got like three solid running backs that I trust running the ball, Karis Davis, um, David Moore, and Dane Hansen. Like yep. a lot of guys that can move the ball, a lot of playmakers. And I think that I think we might be in pretty good shape if it comes if if it comes in and it's a shootout.
0: Yeah. So they gave up four hundred sixty eight yards through the air to uh Western Illinois. Uh meanwhile, they had five hundred forty eight through the air through the air, so again, um, hate to sound like a broken record, but sounds like it's gonna be rough for our secondary again, yeah, I think that's where eastern washington is gonna wanna throw the ball I mean, they ran the ball twenty six times in that game, but five hundred forty eight yards through the air that's that's pretty crazy um they're they're gonna and I mean they know. Teams are coming in knowing that our secondary is probably the weak spot of the defense. Yeah. So teams are going to need to. They're going to want to exploit that. Um, But I mean, the the thing that gives me confidence is that we can hang. I I know we can hang through the air with Eastern Washington. Um, Miller showed that he has a great chemistry with not only Brandon but his other receivers on the team.
1: David Atencio.
0: Yes, David Atencio. He scored the first touchdown of that game. Um, had a
1: couple big catches late, too.
0: So, Brandon Shanks, he had seven catches, led the team with 109 yards, three touchdowns, uh, kind of doing what he did last spring. Yep. Same thing, just touchdown, 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 baby. Uh, Judd Cockett, he had four catches for 56 yards. Frank Harris, the third, had four catches for 51 yards. And David Atencio had three catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. So Miller has shown that he can spread the ball around. I mean, he's got uh he hit seven different targets there. So that's great. And then you mentioned, you know, they got two or three backs that can be hitting the ground running. That's awesome. I think their their offense is set. I'm not worried about their offense really against anybody.
1: Yeah, I think as far as um As far as our DBs go on the defensive side of the ball, I think a big key, and I'm going to try and get a little bit more information on this, but I think a big key is going to be a kind of bend, don't break, right? Yeah. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to complete passes. Just don't let them be touchdowns, right? Keep everything in front of you. Eliminate the big plays. I don't care if they get a 25-yard gain. Push them out of bounds. Don't let them score. Right. Then when they get into the red zone – right now let's put the clamps on now let's have our front seven and our middle linebackers and our outside linebackers now do what they need to do to affect the game and I think a big thing is going to be getting pressure right like our defensive line has to come in and get probably more than two sacks like we did against Tarleton we're gonna have to pressure this quarterback because if he has time he's gonna rip us apart
0: yeah um that's a great point Ben don't break Kind of just uh, look for the first team to get a defensive stop. I think it's going to be huge in that game. But um, one last thing with football, I want to give a shout out to La Kaho Hanohano Davis. I mean, he came up huge in that game against Tarleton. He had a sack in the first half. That was great. That was one of the bigger uh, defensive plays that the Thunderbirds had in the first half. But then, you mentioned Tarleton got the ball back with a minute 20 left. It was like, oh, crap, are they going to score again, just like they did so many times last year. La comes up with the interception to seal the game yeah. pretty much. Um, that was that was awesome. So everybody knows he's our best defensive player, and so far throughout three games he is playing like it. Um, he's having a great start to his season. I'm, I'm excited to watch him for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's
1: just a ball hawk. He reminds me a lot of Tyron Matthew. It's kind of just like – Anytime he's on the field or around the play, things are happening, right? Yeah. Tyron Matthew in college, it was just like any time he was up on the quarterback, anytime he was back and the ball was in the air, it's like, dude, this might get picked off or like this might be a strip sack. It just feels like any time La is around, is around the ball, it's just like something good's gonna happen for our defense because well, he's just, just he's just that kind of player.
0: There are certain players that just have, you know, you call it the it factor, the x factor, sure. or whatever. They're They just have a knack for just coming up big and making huge plays. So he's awesome on our defense. I'm definitely glad he's on our side. Um, Expect a huge game from him against Eastern Washington as well.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So that's all we have for the Thundercast this week. Tune in. Uh, As we mentioned, we're going to try to have episodes up every single Tuesday. So uh, stay tuned and go out and support your Thunderbirds during this homecoming week. Thank you so much for listening.